Blog Talk Radio. Each and every day, I will seek your face. Thank you for tuning into Swat Radio. Stay tuned for a special message from Leivon Breland. Want to work for a kingdom organization? Have regular phone and internet access? Have a creative mind? Willing to give God your best? Congratulations! You are qualified to join our team. Campaigns initiatives including our theological institute, missions, and more. Our team of governance in finance and administration. Our team of it market involving information technology and marketing operations. Help spread the gospel globally. Urban Glory Campaigns is a faith-based corporation for global leadership. Our organization aims to minister to industries, communities, congregations, and cultures that do not look to the organization because of its religious background, but to the principles taught by our founder that reaches the very hearts of mankind regardless of religious, political or socio-economic backgrounds. With deep-rooted convictions, our message is a provoker of change. Experience the glory. Hello, radio listeners. This is Selena Olivia, host of Spirit Straight Talk Radio and president of Urban Glory Campaigns. On behalf of LeVon Breland, the founder of Urban Glory Campaigns, I want to personally extend an invitation to join our team. Call our Human Resource Office today at 641-715-3800, extension 2966445. The number again is 641-715-3800, extension 2966445. Attention Maryland, D.C. and Virginia residents. The last two Wednesdays of every month, Urban Glory Campaign's Biblical Focus Group, the Ramah Group, meets at 7 p.m. Dominion Academy with Selena Olivia for training and discussion in foundational truths. And Ambassador Academies with Urban Glory Campaign's Ecclesiastical Leader, LaVon Breland, with training for ministry leaders. Check us out online at www.myspace.com rgru. That's www.myspace.com rgru. Or call us at 641-715-3800, extension 91120. The Rama Group. Revelation Unveiled. Well, good evening. This is LaVon Breland, founder of Urban Glory Campaign, host of USWAT Radio, believing that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm rejoicing and I'm glad in this day. You know, I've just... Um, been delighted to be in the presence of the Lord today, and in His presence there is fullness of joy and life forevermore. That's not just a religious rhetoric to me, but it's a very living reality. And I thank God for His peace and His presence um, that I'm experiencing. Well, tonight we're going to go over a very important lesson because we want. I think it bears repeating the the time I taught it on the air. I wasn't satisfied with um, with how the recording came about, so I wanted to do it again and go over it, but I believe it will be a great blessing to you in tonight's lesson, which I'll go over briefly. In addition to that, 
I wanted to give you the direction in which the Lord prompted me in prayer to go in for the next coming month that we are shortly approaching. We are shortly approaching May by by the um, next program on Thursday. The next day we're entering into a new month, and we've already gone through a quarter of the year. So I'm excited about what the Lord is doing, and he particularly called us to a consecration from May into July, to into July. And as you know, I've determined, um, those of you who do know that in this ministry, I've determined always to seek the presence of God. And, you know, in the month of July, it's a special time for me to seek God's presence personally in my sabbatical. And that's the month I usually choose. But I've also um, been prompted by the Lord to to revisit uh, the doctrinal foundation of the divine priesthood that we're called to in ministry. And you'll understand that as I go through the lessons that we're going to go through in the coming months. We've been on three major messages, the stability of our time, empowering the preacher's prayer life, sounding our soul. (coughs) And all three lessons have a, and the Lord prompted me to go into another area of teaching for 90 days. And how that works is, we're going to continue to broadcast on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays at 11 p.m. Um, um, if, if the Lord graces the organization so, we may up in an hour so that way we can get more time. And um, my, goal is, my goal is by May to push our time to 10 p.m. to 12 p.m. <clears throat> so we can get into God's word even more and get into the milk, into the meat of the word versus the milk. And um, the Bible says those who are used to the milk are, are, are unskillful and not acquainted with the doctrine of righteousness. So we're going to study and get acquainted with the doctrine of righteousness by visiting the topic of godliness, and we're going to be doing that for 90 days. And how we do that is I have 36 lessons on godliness that we're going to present to you in this organization. And I'm going to teach it at all locations of, of this ministry, the Rhema Group, the, the Ministry Fellowship, any form of teaching for the next three months beginning in May is going to deal with godliness, the revelation, reality of righteousness. And we're going to go in-depth in the study of the righteousness of God and godliness because we're called to a season of consecration. And Thursday, I'm going to give a lesson entitled The Courage to Consecrate. The Courage to Consecrate. And we're going to explain exactly what we mean by consecrating ourselves because that's one of the things that the Lord is impressing us to do in this era of manifestation. On Sunday, you're going to get a benefit. We're going to go, um, because it's May, we're going to begin teaching on the, the Great Manifesto and continue our lesson on that one. 
But then all of next week, we begin our Leadership Institute, May 4th through the 8th. And you want to listen to that at 6 p.m. because we're going to be talking about developing leadership in the church during times of recession. And we're going to examine what the expectations of God is concerning leadership in a, in a facet that we have not addressed in times past. And so I would encourage you to let everyone know that on the 4th through the 8th, we are having the Leadership Institute. But come the 10th of of May, we're entering into a season of consecration in a study of godliness, the revelation of righteous realities. And we're going to be on that all the way until July. And let me give you the date. All the way until July, the last week of July. And um, I can give you the exact date. Uh, we're going to start from May 10th all the way till. July 30th, and by the time of July 30th, I believe that as a result of you listening to the broadcast and and staying consistent in the Word of God, your life as a minister will never be the same. So I'm going to encourage you to join me on this 90-day journey of consecration, and that simply means that we're setting aside a time to dedicate our studies in God's word for the sake of his ministry and his functioning on the earth only. Not for our empowerment, but for his advantage so that he would be pleased as a result of our steadfastness and our commitment that we will make in that season. And this is something that I'm encouraging every preacher that I know to get involved and to listen to. I'm going to be sending emails. I'm going to be sending um, letters and everything I can to get every minister that I can to join me on this journey of consecration. And I don't use religious terms for the sake of getting an audience. I don't use religious terms for the sake of just sounding like a good preacher. I sound like a preacher when I talk anyway. I could be talking about playing chess and it sounds like a sermon. That's not my intent or my goal. My goal is for us to consecrate ourselves before God for his ministry and for his purposes that he's ordained in our life. So Thursday I'm going to give an introductory lesson on the courage to consecrate. On Sunday we're going to continue our lesson on the great manifesto. And then on the 10th on the 4th through the 8th, we're going to be on our Leadership Institute. And on the 10th through the 30th of July, we're going to be in a season of consecration in the Word. And I guarantee you, you don't want to miss one lesson because we're going to go further and further into the truth of God's Word. And by July 30th, we're going to see a manifestation of the Spirit in our ministry that we have never seen before in all of our existences of ministry because we have set aside a season to dedicate ourselves to the Word of God. Some of us really don't have the courage and the experience to really make such a dare or a declaration. But even if you don't have the courage, I would, I would, I would, I would almost provoke you to lie to yourself to be involved in this consecration. 
So the Lord told me to suspend all the other teachings that we're studying on and to deal with that area. The leadership, however, conference will provoke you to get to this consecration because I guarantee you when you listen to the Leadership Institute and some of the things that we're going to be talking about, you're going to find out that we really don't train the church to be in a position of leadership like we profess we do. But there is a solution to that, and that is to go back to some of the basic fundamentals of leadership and to see how they coincide with the, the, the teachings of the Lord Jesus and determine to embody the truth behind the whole matter. Amen. So join us May 4th through the 8th, and join us Sunday for the Great Manifesto, and on Thursday, the courage to consecrate. And then on the 10th to the 30th of July, we're going to be in a realm of teaching that this organization has needed experience. And I, I go as far to say that we're going into an area of teaching that is going to really prepare a lot of ministers for a greater impact of the ministry that God has placed upon them. And I don't, I don't give this for the sake of my benefit because personally I'm going to do it whether the staff or anyone goes with me or not. I'm going to the next level. And I'm not talking about a level that we've, we've, we've deemed by achievement, but I'm talking about into an area where I'm so in tune with God that there will be nothing to separate me from this love that I have in Christ Jesus. Well, tonight we're going to, we're going to review the eight legitimate methods for imputing the divine realm, meaning that we're going to look at the ways in which God speaks to us in matters, in matters of him communicating to us more importantly and give definitions that I believe is going to help you identify with some of the events that are going to transpire in the future. We are a spiritual body of believers, especially those who are called to the ministry. And it's very essential that you learn from the onset of your ministry or wherever you find yourself to be to, to really clarify the different facets of your belief system. And that's what this lesson is designed to do tonight. And then in the future, we have this archive in our website, and you can always download it at will. But you can also um, call by phone. If you're listening online and you have to get offline for some reason, call 646-595-4877. Again, 646-595-4877. And that number will let you listen to me by the way of phone, and you can always pass that number out and say on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays at 11 p.m. we're sharing the word. I would encourage you to let people know, even if they're not in ministry, they can listen to the word of God. There's nothing to hide. This is a transparent ministry. There's nothing to hide. And this is what I've been prompted by the Spirit of God to do. In our season of consecration and in, in a specific era, of new teaching and new studying habits in the Word. And we're going to talk about study habits next lesson, but we're going to get an understanding or method in which God uses to communicate uh, that divine things are taking place. 
Well, let's listen to the Lord because I already sent the anointing here to teach, and I want to get out what he wants me to say, and then I want to be free. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made, and I rejoice and I'm glad. I do thank you for the opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. I lean to the Holy Spirit as educator and guide tonight to speak through my vocal cords clearly and articulately that I might deliberate divine thoughts and communicate divine wisdom and truth through your word. It's your word that causes us to stand and be the men and men and women of God that you have ordained us to be. And I pray that every ear is anointed to hear what the Spirit saith to the church. And you alone will get all the praise, honor, and glory for the things that shall be accomplished and the things that shall be revealed. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We thank you for listening tonight. And if I haven't said that already, thank you for your communication and your commitment to listening to the USWAT radio program. Tonight's lesson deals with understanding the methods in which God communicates to us to let us know that there are things going on in the divine world. There are things going on divinely, and, and, and we are not a, a human experience trying to apprehend spirituality, but we are a spiritual being existing in a human being and learning how to coincide and exist and excel in our divine nature that is superior to our mere flesh. And, and in doing so, as you determine to stand and be righteous before God, there comes a point in your relationship that you learn to, to not look at the things that are seen because you know that the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And because you are an eternal being, it demands you to deal with things that relate to eternity. And eternity is defined under the guidance of the Father, who is the creator of eternity and the creator of heaven and earth. That being the case, we need to learn how to be consistent and acquainted with the divine realm. In doing so, there are means by which the Lord will communicate to us and let us know how and can consistently in compliance with the written word, because if you can't understand what is written, Lord knows you will not be able to receive or perceive what is going to come supernaturally. You can't understand things naturally. You won't be able to understand things supernaturally because the supernatural demands that the nature be conformed to the will of God. And the will of God will teach you how to communicate um, Communicate because the will of God is the manifestation of the word of God being activated for implementation in your life. Hallelujah. So as you begin to get in the word of God, you begin to understand that God communicates to those whom he hears because it's sheep. They know this voice and the voice of another they will not follow. And it lets us understand that there are ways in which the Lord prompts us to. And the scripture gives us at least eight primary means by which the Lord will communicate to us by divine methods. And so these divine methods must be understood. And the Lord gave me some instructions on how to communicate and define the manners in which he communicates to us so we can have some form of agreement and some terminology that is coined around the way God speaks. So you will know his voice and you will not follow another voice. And in this era in time, 
there are distortions to what should be an in-depth knowledge and an intimacy. But because we have allowed conformity of the world to set in our our fabric of development so it's, it, it's become a challenge to really exemplify the nature in which we have been divinely, uh, that we have divinely apprehended based on the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus. And when you get into the presence of the Lord Jesus and you allow him to govern your affairs and to trust who he set in place to guide you into the truth pertaining to what you need to know based on the plans that God has for you that he, that he has designed before you were even in your mother's womb, you will come to the conclusion that there, that there is a need, first of all, to have a greater respect for the word of God. And the word of God, when it's given proper respect, will reveal, based on the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the emphasis is that you need to succeed in your life. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. But our faith is established based on us hearing the word of God. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And God even makes people instrumental for us to hear that word so we can be not only hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. So there are eight things that I want to give you tonight. Eight things and eight legitimate methods that we see as means by which the Lord, first of all, communicates to his people. Also identifies to them people that he's concerned about them. He communicates to them. He reveals his concern. And he conveys the conviction to correspond to his concern based on his communication. And so those are the outcomes that we get from this. And the first one is divine prompting. The Lord prompts things to us. He prompts things to us. But let me give you a definition of divine prompting. Divine promptings are cues given to rise, given to rise or pay attention, which is anything that excites, stimulates, tempts, signals, or suggests organized responses imitated exclusively by the direct transmission of the Holy Spirit directly. So when God prompts something, it's based on the Holy Spirit causing you to, to, to react, to be excited or stimulated or hinted or guided or indicated through signals or suggestions to organize responses. So that's what a divine prompting is. A divine prompting will always be validated with an example in Scripture or, a, or by the words directly of the Lord Jesus. See, a lot of times we say the Lord prompted you, but you don't know what that means. But when you say now that the Lord has prompted you, you know that the Lord has prompted you by giving you a cue to rise or pay attention by excitement, by stimulating you, by hint, by giving you guide signals, suggestions to organize yourself. And it's only imitated exclusively for you to pay attention to the Holy Spirit who leads and guides you into the truth. But the prompting is to get your attention that there's something out there that you need to know. And it can be given as a means, to, um, by means of validation of the scripture or by the word directly from the Lord, either to you through through someone or to you by, by the Spirit of God that is embedded in you or to you by the vi visible evidence of the word being understood in your life. And we see 
divine promptings, mainly in the role of the Holy Spirit. Whenever you hear that the Spirit of God is moving, you see when it pertains to people, it prompts them. It says, hey, when you see the Spirit of the Lord moving and it affects people, it's to get their attention that they need to focus on the Lord Jesus or on his word or on his Father. Amen. So we see this, and we can give examples of Abraham was prompted to take off his shoes because where he sees his holy ground. And also I love to um, use the example of Samuel the prophet. He was prompted by the Spirit of God to pay attention so that way he can receive the call of God that was on his life. The second thing that I want to give you, and these principles are so good, I'm going to put them in a book for you, I promise you, that I'm going to put this in a book. But the second thing that the Lord gives is prophetic impressions. You need to understand what these are, and that's why I'm giving the definitions, because, you know, a lot of times, even like just a word is loaded as salvation. We have so many different definitions that when we communicate to people about salvation, they got so many definitions that they really can't connect with what you are saying. And that's why it's important that you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and know how to communicate to those whom he's entrusted with you to represent on his behalf. You got to know how to say um, things to the people that God has ordained for you to say things to. And that's what this, this exercise to defining these terms help you realize that, hey, not only am I giving you this to understand the messages and what I mean when I speak of this, but I'm giving you this as indications that every once in a while when you're ministering, you need to go over vocabulary, terms to, to make sure that in the phase of teachings that you're about to present, that there's a clarity in the definition that you're given so that way communication can occur. And what's happening a lot of times when it comes to things pertaining to the Spirit of God, there's no guidelines as to what it clearly means when God is prompting you or when God is giving you a prophetic impression. And because you don't have a definition as to what he's doing, when he does what he does, you can discredit the value or the importance of what is actually being done divinely. So the Lord told me to define these things so you know how to correspond with what he's doing. Because he is not waiting on our competency. I said that years ago. God is already is in an agenda. He's not a man that he should lie. And he, does, he said none of his words return to him void. He accomplishes that which he has set in motion to do, glory to God. So our first one was divine prompting. I gave you definitions for that. And the second one is prophetic impressions. Let me give you a definition for that. Prophetic impressions are divine impartations of power assigned to affect strongly the intellect to review its course of actions through convictions and introspections that judges the efforts of emotions or the realm of the conscious that meditates sensations and actions. When we term impression with the word prophetic, it does not always indicate that it is from a prophet giving a word, but it does stimulate, stipulate that it is designed to result in a course of action which God intends to be displayed. So when I say pro 
a prophetic, what I mean when I say prophetic is that it's an action which God intends to be displayed. And that's what you need to know, that when God impresses you to do something, it's for it to be displayed, that he intends for you to be displayed. He is not giving you goosebumps or he is not giving you signals for you not to respond. He's giving you signals and, and, and things for you to respond so that you can visibly display your conviction. And so a great example of this is David's encounter with the prophet. Another one is Peter's crowing, crowing rooster and the, deceitful, uh, and the delightful experience of the Damascus road when it pertains to Paul. So I want to give you some examples so you know what I'm talking about, prophetic impression. All of those encounters that I gave you about, David's encounter with the prophet, he said, created me, oh God, to clean the heart and renew the right spirit within me. It, it demanded a course of action. Peter's crawling risk rooster caused him to repent from denying Jesus three times. And, of course, you know that the master's road changed the whole experience of the new covenant by revealing it and opening up the, the ministry to the Gentiles so that all could come into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus, that he not only came for the Jews, but he did come for the Jews, but he came that all men might be saved through him. And so we see that that happens based on the launching of the ministry of Paul, and Paul opened up that door for God to release. And also, really, Peter opened up that door for Paul to open up another door because Peter had to also, remember in Acts chapter 10, Peter had a vision, an open vision over on the roof of Cornelius' house, and that also told him, don't, don't call what I've cleansed unclean. But it also opened up the door for the Gentiles to be ministered there in Cornelius' house as well. So you see two major examples of God using prophetic impressions. Amen. The third thing is a, a revelation of the word of God, a revelation of the word of God. And I want to give some definitions. That's the third thing. So we said the first one was prof, um, divine prompting. The second one was prophetic impression. And then the third one is the, a revelation of the word of God. A revelation of the word of God is when the scripture has been read and mandated upon or meditated upon, given consideration in prayer, and given instruction by the Holy Spirit to abstract the wisdom needed for its applicable use and appropriate uh, and appreciation. So when you get a revelation of God, is when the word of God is, is when the scripture has been read and meditated upon, given consideration in prayer, and given instruction by the Holy Spirit to abstract the wisdom needed for its applicable use and appreciation. Revelations of the Word of God is not an interpretation of the Word of God. It's an illumination of the relevance and the light that is locked with the written words inspired by the Holy Spirit and recorded in history. And a great example of this, script, um, this in Scripture is the Exodus with the eunuch um, Philip, um, the eunuch and Philip, the proclamation of the dispensation of the Holy Spirit with Peter, and the explanation of the parable of the seed explained to the disciples by the Lord Jesus. So we see the revelation of the word of God. And I love the scripture where when Jesus raised from the dead and revealed himself 40 days to 40 nights, the scripture says that Jesus took the disciples and opened up their understanding with the word of God. And, and that's, that's a manifestation of the revelation of the word being brought to light. That is, the letter killeth, but the spirit give life. Of course, all of those were done under the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit 
releases that, but it has to be a word that is that has been given when scripture has been read, meditated upon, and given consideration in prayer by instruction of the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to give you that. Revelation of the Word of God is not an interpretation of the Word of God. Of course, I've, I've said that, and I've given you the great examples. And so we've got to understand that it's not just mere interpretation. Of course, you know the scriptures of no private interpretation. But revelation is deeper than interpretation. It's, it's an intimacy that's discovered in that, and that's based on the, the activity of the Holy Spirit working with you. That's why intellectuals just can't perceive revelation. Because, see, the carnal man cannot obtain the things of God. Why? Because they're spiritually designed. So the Holy Spirit let, uh, informs us of how to extract the wisdom needed for its applicable use. And revelation always is loaded with application for you to exemplify in some form of your nature, whether it be divinely or naturally. And then number four, a discovered plan of action in Scripture. These are ways and methods in which God legitimately communicates to us to let us know the divine things are taking place. We, we said being prompted by the Spirit, divine prompting, having prophetic impressions. We said having a revelation of the Word of God. And now we're talking about a discovered plan of action. Plan of actions in the Scriptures are given instructions that can be visibly recognized without interpretation. Let me say that again. Plans of actions in Scripture are given instructions that can be visibly recognized without interpretation. You don't need to think about it, you just need to do it. Plans of actions in Scriptures are proverbs or instructions given usually to benefit the common good of all. A great example are the Ten Commandments, the Great Commission, the instructions given by the Holy Spirit, um, by Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit as to how to pray coined as the Lord's Prayer. These are plan of action. When you pray, say. Plan of action. Something that you don't need to necessarily interpret or go into interpret or need to have a revelation, but it's just a plan of action, a systematic follow-through. Not being just hearers of the word, but doers also. A simple thing. You don't need to overthink it. It's just right there given for you, glory to God. So number five, a pattern practice given straight from the teaching of, of Jesus. That's different from a plan of action in Scripture because you can have a lot of plans of actions in Scripture that have nothing to do with the teachings of Jesus. But there are pattern practices given straight from the teachings of Jesus that God wants us to implement in our lives. Pattern practices are illustrations given from Jesus that are taken into consideration as a plan of action, a state of conviction, a revelation of the scripture, and a word of knowledge. Pattern practices are not set in our lives to become traditions, but a means for the Holy Spirit to reveal the importance of a given truth. A great example is when Jesus instructs on forgiveness. Another practice is the participating, participating at the Lord's table or communion, and also how Jesus desired his disciples to tarry with him for an hour to pray. Those are pattern practices. Could you not pray for me for one hour? Or when you when you go to the Lord's table, don't be gluttonous. Eat at home. Don't allow yourself to be uh, in, to come unworthily before the Lord's table. And then, of course, when Jesus said, look, if, if your brother hits you, turn the other cheek. 
Those are pattern practices. The be attitudes or how your attitude should be. The fruit of the Spirit. Things that the Lord revealed, that, that Jesus revealed in his lifetime. That's pattern practices given straight from the teaching of Jesus. Number six, imperatives. Imperatives, divinely imparted through prayer, praise, and worship. Imperatives. Imperatives. Now, what do I mean when I say imperatives? Divine imperatives are standards given of God that compels behavior, conducive to his righteousness and wisdom. Divine imperatives are predicated on a personal time in the presence of God. We see this vividly portrayed in Daniel being qualified as a king's man. And, you know, he was told not to eat the meat like the other men were. And even though the Jews were looked frowned upon, his skin radiated because of his discipline. It was an imperative in which God told him how to train. And we see this very clear in the covenant that God established with the locks of hair of Samson. Not that the, the locks itself, but it was an imperative of God for what he was to do in order to maintain divine strength. And most importantly, we see this in our greatest example, the innocence of the Lord Jesus needed to redeem mankind from sin. And we're talking about divine imperatives, and that's a loaded term that I've given you. I've, I, I've, I've gone through it swiftly, but if you listen to it and you download it, you'll, you'll hear that there are very details to these things that I'm giving you, very, very intricate and essential to you knowing how God communicates when, when divine activities are even suggested. Number seven, and we have one more after this, interpretation. Interpretation is the means in which God conveys divine manners. And divine interpretation is the sole right of the Father God that has granted the Holy Spirit to give a clear and accurate message by divine means to position the person in a plan of God for their lives. So an interpretation, let me read that again because I want you to get this, because so many people have so many different types, and we're talking about a divine interpretation given for supernatural utterance or personal or public divine language. So an interpretation what I'm saying here, I'm not talking about the interpretation of Scripture, because, of course, the Scriptures have no private inter interpretation, so I'm talking about a different facet of interpretation, mainly when you're given supernatural utterance through speaking in tongues or per, um, and a personal or public divine language. And, of course, you have to be very disciplined when you deal with speaking in tongues and, and also and also interpretation, because that's something that is done as a means of the Spirit revealing a necessity to a group of people. And you've got to make sure that you do it in the manner in which the Lord stipulated. You can always review First Corinthians chapter 14 and various scriptures. I love to go to Colossians and Galatians and um, things like that. Talk about the Holy Spirit, Romans, of course, and, um, and, and so on. So divine interpretation is given, is given divinely, not naturally. So this is not something that's naturally. And a lot of times people, you'll be amazed that people think that divine interpretation is a natural means. No, it's a divinely, when I say a divine interpretation, it is not done naturally. Therefore, it indicates that, there's a, that in order 
that it indicates that there's an order for this principle to work for for a person, and they must be spirit-filled. This manner of inter- interpretation will also pro- produce divine encounters and experiences. This is what I mean when I'm talking about this. A great example in Scripture that we see is the illustration of um, given to Peter about eating the animals considered to be cursed. Another great example is the book of Revelation given to John, and a great illustration is Paul's explanation of the church, um, to the church about spiritual gifts to Corinth. These are interpretations that they needed to understand. Hallelujah. And then number eight, the, the hearing of sound doctrine. Now this is what the season of consecration is going to empower you with sound doctrine. And the Lord told me to become a diligent doctrinal teacher in in the coming study. And so I'm going to give some doctrinal truths, some applicable truths concerning godliness and the reality and the revelation of the reality of righteousness. And and that's why I'm stipulating um, some of the things that you're going to hear in the in the coming days. So when when you hear sound doctrine through the proclamation of the gospel through right, uh, um, through righteous men and women, and you know, let me say this: I'm going to talk about this in the leadership thing. You know, I really I'm disappointed in a lot of preachers, especially men preachers, who are very ignorant concerning gifts in the body of Christ and concerning how to communicate in the body of Christ as it pertains to the gifts that God has placed within the body. And if there's no male nor female in Christ Jesus and Christ is the head of the church, we need to exemplify that in our communication and our convictions that we convey on God's behalf. And some of the reasons why the ministries are stifled and not at the position in which it is because there hasn't been enough men to stand up and to get rid of all of this foolishness about gender-sensitive topics and deal with these gender issues head on and intelligently. And we need to stop playing and stop trying to make the church like a natural home. I know man is the head of, of, of the house, but Christ is the head of the church. And in Christ, there's no gender. It's spirit to spirit. Grow up. And that's my challenge to you. And if you receive it as a rebuke or stop it on the toes, I did it gratefully under the grace of the Holy Spirit. We got to grow up and get out of these stupid, ignorant thinking and theologies that we've concocted in our minds and grow into godliness in the manner in which God has stipulated in his word. And if, a, a, if men would declare the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ and not the doc, their own doctrine, then people will hear the sound of the Spirit and heed to his voice. And the church will be added as such should be saved. Well, that's my little 
side excursion. But hearing sound doctrine is proclaimed is the proclaimed gospel given to produce faith in the ears of the hearer. This is specifically given to men and women who are anointed to lead in the church, into the in, in, the church into perfection and maturity. So it ain't for everybody, but some people are anointed. Sound doctrine is a spirit-led education authorized by the will of God to grow and to mature you into divine stature and nature. A great example is the effect of the word of God through the teachings of the apostles in the book of Acts, the teachings of the Lord Jesus and his impact on those who he revealed the intent of his content, and the relationship of the Holy Spirit who reveals to us the reality of the kingdom of God being within us and also designated for this earth. So I've given you eight things. What were they? Divine prompting, prophetic impression, a revelation of the word of God, a discovered plan of action, a pattern practice given straight from Jesus, divine imperatives, divine interpretation, and hear, and the hearing of sound doctrine divinely. Why did, I, why did I give you these? Because God is going to use these things exclusively in the manner in which he's described me to scribe under his utterance to communicate to you what you need to know, not only to be stable in the times that we live in, not only to empower us, but so we can exemplify the godliness reality of righteousness. So I'm coming to you now, letting you know that we're going into a new season of teaching, letting you know that come May, you need to get you a, a notebook and dedicate it for this, this training. Get you an Amplified Bible and a King James Version Bible and go with me in a study that will transform your life as a believer and to transform your life based on the Word of God and the leading of the Spirit. I'm believing that when you hear the teaching of the, um, that is given under this ministry, that the Holy Spirit will begin to, to um, manifest himself in measures beyond the norm in your personal location, in this ministry, and on the airways, that as we transmit the revelation of the word of God, it will accompany itself with signs and wonders. I'm encouraging each of you to begin to pray like the Lord instructed you to pray, and not to do it out of religious habit, but to do it because you have a relationship with our holy God the creator of heaven and earth. I'm, a, I'm encouraging you to also exemplify that God has given and provided sustenance for us, first of all, to understand that wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of our time, and that when you understand the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God, there is no need for you to fail in the things that present to you. So even though we're going into another realm of teaching, we're not avoiding the continuity of, of what the Lord has put us in and purposed us in in this path. Why? Because God has ordained a great manifestation to occur in this year and in the coming ages. I'm very serious about the things that we're going to on this program. I would encourage you to let everyone that you know that loves God to listen to this program and to spread the word that we're coming into a greater season of consecration, and that in 90 days from beginning March 10th, 90 days from that, we're going to be in another place supernaturally, and it will behoove the rest of the body to link up and join up on what we're going through. So you journey with me in the spirit 
And, and of course, the spirit is the is the educator and the guide. So we're going someplace. And I thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. Keep listening. Thursday, I'm going to give the um, declaration on the courage to consecrate. And then on Sunday, we'll deal with the great manifestation or the great manifesto, whichever way you want to turn it. And then on the 4th through the 8th, we'll be in the Leadership Institution at 6 p.m. nightly, just for one hour, but it's going to be an hour of power. And then on the 10th, we're going to be in another realm of teaching. I'm so excited about it, I can hardly wait. Keep listening. Our number to listen, 646-595-4877. You can always go on the Blog Talk Radio and get information about our website, look on some of the videos that we have, and the various websites and connection networks that we have to make this ministry what it is. This is LeVon Brillen, the founder of Urban Glory Campaign, the host of Youth Chart Radio, believing that you will have a prosperous week. And that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do it, because greater is he that lives within you than he that's within the world. I look forward to seeing you, those of you who can get out to Virginia at the um, South County Community Center to join me this Wednesday. I'm going to be teaching on the courage to consecrate. And I'm going to be teaching all my sessions on that. And then on Thursday, I'm going to continue to teach on that. And then we're going to go into the same area. And then, of course, all of May through July, we're going to be in consecration. Glory to God. Um, keep looking up, um, listening to the broadcast. I, I'm just excited. I'm just excited about what the Lord is revealing. You have a good evening. Thank you for listening to the broadcast. I hope I didn't go over time. But if I did, praise the Lord. No, I didn't go over time. We've got 10 minutes left. Keep listening to the broadcast. Thank you for listening. And um, get involved in the organization. Find out how you can be a blessing. Find out how you can help this ministry. Um, there's various ways you can help, not only financially, not only um, uh, community awareness. There's many ways you can get involved. Just letting someone know that we're on the end, that they can listen and they call in. It's just, a, just as much as a blessing as you getting involved. And sometimes people don't have money, but a lot of times people do have money and they're not willing to give. But if you know that you're supposed to sow into this ministry, it's, it's all on you. I don't beg for any form of financial gain at any form of, of this ministry, and the Lord supernaturally provides for this ministry. I believe that you're going to have a great week, and I thank you for listening to the broadcast. Keep listening. We have some great things in store for the future. God bless you, and you have a great night. Bye-bye.